0: God gives us the blueprint God gives us the plan God gives us the design for a holy healthy happy home and the thing that we're going to begin with today is we're going to begin today talking about who the head of that family is and so I've chosen to title today's message heads up now I know that that's a term that we use when danger is coming our way and we don't see it and somebody yells and says hey heads up and it causes us to become alert and that's what this phrase means is to be alert and how many of you know that Peter tells us that we need to be alert because we have an enemy the devil who who, who roams to and fro in the earth seeking whom he may devour And and so, gentlemen in the house this morning, heads up, we need to be alert. But not only do we need to be alert, we need to understand that God has designed that the man be the head, the leader of the family. But now, I know that this is a really hot topic In the body of Christ today when you start talking about the husband as the head of the wife or the husband the father as the head of the home it's a it's a hotly debated topic and I think that the reason why it's such a hotly debated topic is because we don't really understand what the Bible is speaking of when it talks about that position of being the head and so this morning I want to just try to offer you some clarity gentlemen uh, about what it really means for you to be the head of the wife or to you to be the head of your home? Because I, I really don't think it means what you think it means and So so let's let's just kind of break it down this morning three things I want to share with you this morning that 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 headship is not and then two things that I believe the Bible is very clear that headship is and first of all we discover from Scripture that that, that headship is is not tyranny now, now look at what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 Paul said but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and that the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God now now listen there there are a couple of different interpretations that commentators have of this passage of Scripture some people say that head in this passage of scripture is referring to source. And when you read it that way, it is in context. But I want you to realize that the source of every man is Christ. And that the source of the woman is man, because woman came out of man, and that the source of Christ is God, that Christ came from God. But the the, the, the meaning is so much deeper than that. It, it doesn't just mean source. We're also seeing here that there is an order of authority in the kingdom of God and notice what he says He said I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ That is every man woman boy and girl that we are to submit and surrender our lives to the lordship of Jesus Christ and then it says that the head of woman is man And We'll talk about what that means here in just a moment and then that the head of Christ is God we know in Philippians 2 that Jesus Surrendered his will to the will of his father and he came here to this earth in the form of a servant And he said I must be about my father's business And he said I can only do what the father tells me to do and I can only say what the father tells me to say And and, and so we see that it's not just source but it's also an order that God has in the kingdom of God but but let's get a little bit clearer picture of that in Ephesians 5 he said for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So it's clear in scripture that God is saying that man is the leader, or man is designed by God to be the head over his family. But what does that mean? Well, first of all, it does not mean inequality, it does not mean what. That is not what the word headship means. It does not mean inequality. Gentlemen, it does not mean that you are worth more than anybody else in your family, that you are more valuable than anyone else in your family, that you are more glorious than anyone else in your family. It does not mean inequality. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 3. He said, so you are all children of God. That's all of us in this room, men, women, boys. We're all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. All who have been united with Christ in baptism have been made like him. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, no longer slave or free. Look at this now, male or female for you are all Christians you are one in Christ Jesus so it does not mean inequality Peter said it like this in first Peter 3 and 7 and gentlemen we need to get this this morning he said the same goes for you husbands be good husbands to your wives what is a good husband he said a good husband does this you honor them you delight in them because as women They lack some of your advantages but in the new life of God's grace look at this it's so clear your equals treat your wives then as equals so that your prayers don't run aground in other words your prayers will be hindered when you live your life as if you are better than your wife or better than your family or more valuable than your family or 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 more glorious than your wife or your family it hinders your prayers and so he says that headship is not the same thing as inequality here's a second thing we need to know about headship and that mean, that is that headship does not mean tyranny it doesn't mean that you rule with an iron scepter and that everybody is supposed to bow at your feet You say but pastor what about Genesis chapter 3 verse 16 well let's look at Genesis 3 and 16 this is what God says to the woman as a result of her sinning and the curse that would come upon her as a result of that sin He said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. And then he said, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, some people will point to that passage of Scripture and say, see right there, Pastor? right there it says that i'm to be the master over my wife that i that i am to rule over her no what you've got to understand is this was a part of the curse of sin And when Jesus went to the cross, he broke the curse of sin. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are no longer under the curse of sin. And so it does not give us the right to rule with an iron fist. It does not give us the right, men, to say it should always be my will. It should always be my way because headship is not the same thing as tyranny. At least a few ladies help me this morning and say "Amen." amen. Amen. Here's a third thing that headship does not mean. It does not mean passivity. Passivity is the exact opposite of tyranny. And unfortunately, we see a lot of passiveness among men in the home today, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. And listen to me, gentlemen, God is not pleased with that. Our heavenly Father is not pleased with that. And, and where do you think all of this passivity started? Well, you got to go back again to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And notice what it says. It says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate it. And then notice what happens and she also gave some to her husband look at this now who was with her and he ate don't think that Adam was on the backside of the garden somewhere not aware of what was going on he was right there in the picture watching everything that was happening watching the serpent as he began to wreak havoc on their relationship and what was he doing he was doing absolutely nothing now gentlemen if somebody at work or if somebody in the community was bullying your wife or bullying your children you would not stand hopefully you would not stand idly by and let that happen but you would take some action to protect your wife and to protect your family. But what about when the enemy comes in? The Bible says he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And if we're not careful, men sit passively by and grant access to the enemy into their home where he's able to wreak havoc. And what we ought to be doing is what Adam should have been doing. We should be stomping that serpent under our feet and taking authority over him and casting him out of our house. Amen? So it's not passivity and it's not tyranny and it's not inequality. Well, what then is headship? Well, here's what headship does mean. It does mean authority. Now, ladies, don't check out on me right now because you'll check out on me way too early. But listen to me. It's an authority Based upon the Word of God, you have an authority to do what the Word of God commands you to do. Your your authority is limited within the confines of God's Word. In other words, I, I can't exert my authority to get people to do something that is outside what the Word of God would instruct somebody to do. So yes, God has given us authority, but that authority just simply means that we are to lead our families, that we are to direct our families in a path of righteousness in the way that God would have us to go, that we're directing our families spiritually, we're directing our families physically, we are directing our families emotionally, we're directing our families according to the word of God. That means we're leading our children, introducing our children to the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ at a very young age. That means we're doing everything that we can to help our wives and our children grow spiritually to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Yes, we have authority within the confines of this book right here. The Bible says about parents, it's it's like Solomon in the book of Proverbs. And when you read the book of Proverbs, Solomon is teaching his son how to be wise, how to live a wise life. And he warns him against things like lust, and he warns him against things like materialism and he warns him against things that look like they could satisfy but they cannot satisfy and so he directs his son according to the Word of God he leads his son according to the Word of God so when we talk about hits it yes it's authority but it's only authority to be who God's called us to be in this book and it's an authority to lead the way that God has called us to lead in this book right here the Word of God the inspired Word Of the Lord amen so headship does mean authority and I've said all of that to work my way to this last point where I want to spend most of my time this morning and that is it may not be inequality it may not be tyranny it is authority but more than anything gentlemen listen to me this morning when he says that the man is to be the head of the wife and the head of the family here's what he means headship means responsibility it means responsibility and let's face it there's a lot of men today in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ but but what we've got to understand this passage of scripture that Paul gives to us this is not a passage of scripture for the world we don't expect the world to look like this but we do expect the church to look like this We do expect the church to have the kind of home that God has designed and planned for us to have in the Word of God. And if we're not careful, sometimes men want to abdicate that responsibility to somebody else. But headship means you're the responsible one. I'm the responsible one. Listen to what the Scripture says in Ephesians 5. Because it says the first thing that I'm responsible to do is I'm responsible to love my wife. He said it this way. He said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. In other words, it is a sanctifying or a sacrificial love. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, love seeketh not its own way. Love seeketh not its own will. But love sacrifices It's sacrifices and and that's what Jesus did for the body of Christ the Bible says that he loved the church and what did he do he gave himself up for her and that's the way we are to love our wives gentlemen that is our responsibility as the head of our home our children need to see daddies loving their wives with a sacrificial love putting their desires Aside their will aside what they want to decide perhaps for the sake of the wife and for the sake of the family It is a sacrificial love and hear me this morning if you're not ready to sacrifice you don't need to get married If you're not ready to give some things up Then you're not ready to get married. I Feel the tension in this room this morning (laughs) You ought to have to be up here preaching this this morning The tension in this room the tension in this house so he says that we're to love them with a sacrificial love but not only that he said this he said that he might sanctify and cleanse her it's not just a sacrificial love it is a sanctifying love He said cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he may present her to himself talking about the church a glorious church not having spot spot or those things that we get from external things that, that 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 defile us and then he talks about wrinkles that come from internal decay and a husband listen to me a husband who really loves his wife takes responsibility for loving her with a sanctifying love he's doing everything he can To keep her from being spotted by this world He's doing everything he can To keep her from being full of decay On the inside of bitterness and wrath And anger and unforgiveness Because he knows that it can age you Before your time And he says that a husband loves With a sanctifying love You love in such a way That your your wife is not becoming less like Christ But you love them in such a way They're becoming more like Christ It is a sanctifying love That is the responsibility of every husband in this room here today, but not only a sanctifying love then notice what he says He said so husbands ought to love their own wives Boy the plot thickens doesn't it? So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies In other words, if you truly love your wife, if you take the responsibility of loving your wife the way that Christ loves the church, then you won't need another woman to satisfy you. You won't have to look upon another woman. You won't have to lust after another woman because the woman that you have, the wife that you have, you will love her and it will be a satisfying love. You will be satisfied with her and her alone and nobody else. And can I tell you that any interference in that relationship, the Bible is clear, it's sin. Somebody needs to help me preach here. I feel like I'm out on an island all by myself here today. Amen. Love your wives, husband. That's the responsibility. That's what it means to be the head of the home. You lead by example. your children are watching the way that you love your wife love your wife love your kids with a sacrificial sanctifying satisfying love but then notice what he says he says you also have we also have a responsibility to our children and he says fathers do not provoke your children to wrath how can we provoke our children to wrath saying one thing doing another Over an extended period of time can cause a child to be provoked with wrath it's another way that we can provoke our children to wrath favoritism let me tell you another thing that can provoke children to anger unrealistic expectations I want to be getting some amens from this corner over here especially this morning unrealistic expectations we sometimes expect more and and not that it's a bad thing expect more about our children than we're willing to give ourselves or we're trying to live a lost life through our children and it provokes them to anger and I could go on and on and on but the Bible says that fathers we don't do that our responsibility is not to provoke them to anger but our responsibility he said is this bring them up bring them up that speaks of nourishment and nurture that we make sure that they are nurtured and uh, spiritually and physically and emotionally. We go back to what, what was said about Jesus. It said that he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God and with man. Which tells me, gentlemen, it's our responsibility with our children. First of all, let's make sure that they're growing in wisdom. Let's make sure we are imparting to them wisdom. I heard several years ago many years ago Marilyn Hickey. How many of you remember Marilyn Hickey who was a great teacher and leader in the body of Christ when her children were young and I used to think that this was kind of a harsh thing but when her children were young she made them memorize the book of Proverbs. She made them memorize, she worked with them and helped them to memorize the book of Proverbs. Why? Because if we know what the book of Proverbs says and we live our life according to those Proverbs, according to that wisdom, the Bible says we will succeed. Amen. And so we need to make sure that our children are wise in the scriptures but they also it said Jesus grew in stature he grew physically so yes it's up to you dad provide for your children protect your children so they grow physically but not only that he grew in favor with God they grew spiritually gentlemen listen to me it's not the church's job it's not the school's job it's not the community's job to grow your children spiritually according to the word of God, it rests squarely on the daddy in that house, the man in that home to be teaching your children God's Word helping them to grow spiritually. Now, I know this can sound rough and gruff this morning, but it's God's plan. It's God's way. And when we begin to build our house, the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they who build it labor in vain. If we try to build it our way, we're not going to be able to withstand the storms. We're not going to be able to survive the winds and the rains. But if we do it God's way and we build our house upon the rock, we can survive anything that may come against our families amen and then he said he had favor with man you need to teach your children how to succeed socially developing relationships getting along with people having relationships and friendships it's the responsibility he says this now notice he said and fathers he specifically is speaking here to us men he's speaking to us fathers Do not provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the training and also in the admonition of the Lord. And that word admonition, again, just simply means encouragement and instruction. You know, one of the ways that we can provoke our kids to wrath if we're not careful is always criticizing them and never praising them. They need to be praised. They need to be encouraged. Same with your wife, gentlemen. If you're not careful, it can be always criticized, never praising. You need to praise your wife. You need to encourage your wife because it's our responsibility. And this is where it starts. And really, this is not just where it starts. This is where it starts and ends. It's for dads. Heads up. Heads up. There's an attack against your home. It's coming, and you need to be alert, and you need to take your place in the home. You need to take your place in your family. Genesis, we go back. This is where I'm going to close, and team, you can come. But in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, this is after Adam and Eve have sinned. And they realize their nakedness. You do know they'd always been naked. They just now, after they've sinned, recognize their nakedness, and they're ashamed. And they're full of guilt. And out of their guilt and shame, they're hiding from God. But notice, God comes pursuing them. Gentlemen, here's what I want you to know this morning. This this message is not about creating shame and guilt and condemnation. But it's to let you know that even though you may have failed in this role that God has placed you in, He still comes looking for you. He's still pursuing you. He's still coming after you. And that's what he does here with Adam and Eve. They've blown it, they're hiding from God. They think God wants nothing else to do with them except maybe to annihilate them. But to their surprise, here he comes looking for them. And it says that they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. In the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But then I want you to notice what happens next. This is, this is so important that we see this. But the Lord God called to the man, not to the woman. God called to the man. Why? Because the man was the one given authority, and the man was the one given the responsibility. And so the man is the one who has to answer to God. And he says to the man, "Where are you?" What a powerful question. Dad, where are you? Husband, where are you? Father, where are you? Head Where are you? God's looking for you. And he's not looking for you to annihilate and to destroy you. He's looking for you because he loves you and he wants to restore you. And he wants to restore your marriage and he wants to restore your family. But he starts with you. With you. I'm going to ask everybody to stand in the sanctuary this morning. What a sobering question. Where are you? Step up. Heads up. Where are you? God's looking for you. You can't hide. Where are you? Take your place. Your divinely assigned place in your marriage, gentlemen. Take your place. Your divinely assigned place in your family. And I believe even in the community and even in the body of Christ men where are you heads up men god has called you to be the leader of your family if you want to have a happy healthy holy family god's given you the design the plan the blueprint for that to happen and it begins by men taking their divinely assigned role as the head or the leader of their family that doesn't mean tyranny it doesn't mean passivity but what it does mean is that God has given men the responsibility to lead as God has called us to lead that means you have responsibility to love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that means you are to love your wife with a sacrificial love you're also supposed to love her with a sanctifying love your wife should be more like Christ not less like Christ As a result of your love for her and then it's a satisfying love you find satisfaction in your wife and your wife alone and God has also given us men responsibility as it relates to our children we're not to provoke them to wrath but we are to bring them up we're to nurture them we're to nourish them just as the Bible said about Jesus he grew in wisdom in stature in favor with man and in favor with God and it's our responsibility to make sure that our children are growing in the same way. Then he says that we're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That means that we are to encourage them, to praise them. If we're not careful, we can fall into a trap of always criticizing our wife, always criticizing our children, but they need our encouragement and they need our praise. So I wanna pray for the men today that God has appointed to lead their families. Father, I just lift up those families that are watching this broadcast today, and especially for those men in the home that you have divinely assigned to be the leader of that home. I pray today, Father God, that you will enable, that you will empower them, that you will give them the wisdom they need to lead and to lead in such a way that it will glorify you. And we know that that begins by us first submitting our lives to you. And once we've done that, then we can lead our families well. Thank you for that power and that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a vision here at and Church of God to transform our community for the glory of God. And we believe that begins with a transformation of the family. So I'd like to invite you to join me as we continue our home series this coming Sunday at 1045. I look forward to meeting you there.